Before the Wicked Witch of the West and those gals from Salem, there was Circe, the captivating and kind of catastrophic Greek witch who did more than just turn men into pigs. I'm Rose. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Gloria. Join us this fall on Circling Circe, the podcast where we talk about Madeline Miller's incredible book, Circe. We go through the novel chapter by chapter. We laugh, we cry from laughing. We swoon over Daedalus and other Greek hotties and talk way too much about food, life, and scented candles. I'm hydrated. I'm ready. I'm You're pumped ready. to talk about Greek gods and titans. <laughs> Let's do this. Lasagna is not supposed to be cool. It's supposed to be eaten hot, stupid. Who just looked at the count and was like, hey, sexy, moo right over here. Like It's <laughs> 11.45. I need to go eat my liver. My Prometheus pate. <laughs> and Granny's like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> We post every Wednesday, so mark your calendars. Make like Scylla. Grab a sailor. And dive in. Find Circling Circe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, do you want to do an outro? Or? Yeah. <laughs> Is that your outro? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Welcome back, serial killers, for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. For our guest this week, once a season is simply not enough. He's one of my favorites. He's one of your favorites. I have Kevin Gads back on the show. Kevin, welcome back. Hello. Yes, I'm so glad this is going to be a time. <laughs> I am. So, I'm also so glad that you suggested this uh, after I had put on Facebook like a month ago that I was watching Gremlins for the first time, and you're like do you want to talk about gremlins? And I was like, yes, yes. I need things that are around Christmas because gremlins yeah. one, I will die on the hill that it is a Christmas movie. Uh, oh yeah. But, uh, and then you also said, but what if we talk gremlins two as well? And I was, I was like, Oh, that's a lot to cover. And then I watched gremlins two, And I was like, God, Kevin's a genius. Kevin's an absolute genius. So why don't we give a little recap for anyone at home who for some reason hasn't listened to your other episodes? What's wrong with them? Just tell us who you are and your connection to both Gremlins 1 and 2. Sure. Okay. So I'm Kevin. Uh, I am a big Disney nerd. I'm a big Charmed nerd. I like a lot of things. Uh, but uh, I do acting and I do cosplay and I do theater and stuff like that. So I'm always running around doing something, but uh, Gremlins has always been a part of my life. Like I, there were staples in my childhood. So <laughs> the first one came out in 84. So a little bit before I was born, but uh, I remember it was always on TV on reruns. And then I bought the VHS tapes and then I bought the DVDs. Um, I don't have Blu-rays yet of them. That's, that's that should be changed, but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I was obsessed, obsessed with it. And it's definitely a Christmas movie. You're right. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I will argue that till the day I die because people, if they disagree with me, they're wrong. <laughs> um, and then Gremlins 2 came out. And people, I mean, we could talk about the ins and outs of it, but it was kind of a response to the success of Gremlins in a way, but we'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, yeah, I just love it. I have so much fun doing Gremlins and talking about Gremlins. So uh, before we jump in, what do you have to say about the allegations that came out this week? I Oh God, maybe it was John Favreau. Oh no. Oh no. It was the uh, creator of Gremlins came out and was like, uh, the Mandalorian literally just hard ripped off Mogwai and uh, baby Yoda doesn't even look like Yoda. He looks like, uh, looks like Gizmo. And I was like, are we stretching here? Because Gremlins are just as popular and I'm not sure why we're going here because i guess the ears look the same they're both cute little they're cute little nuggets who i adore <laughs> but i i don't necessarily say that uh 
I mean, there's no original ideas. We, I think we can all come to that idea. There are no original ideas. But I, I think other than outside of like maybe the ear shape and that they're both tiny dudes that, that coo nonsense, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I think we have a lot of creators of things that are coming after mm-hmm. other creators of things. It's like every time Martin Scorsese has to be like Marvel's bullshit, superhero movies are terrible. And I was like, okay, <laughs> but like they still make money and we need to create art for all, all kinds of people because not everybody wants to see a Scorsese film. And I guess I'm somebody who will always go see a Scorsese film and go see a Marvel film. That's just me. But I don't, yeah. I was, I think a- we, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I wasn't aware of that going on. Mm-hmm. I I always knew I knew that people liked both because I actually went to. I don't know if I told you this. I probably didn't. A few years back, I went to. A, they had a Gremlins kind of pop up bar. Uh huh. So they turned the bar into a whole Gremlins theme, and on the side of it, they someone had a picture of the Baby Yoda thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um. So I was like, oh, so people just kind of like just like to combine them together but they're not they just have a similar look yeah. but this pop-up bar oh my gosh they had the full puppets of the gremlins itself they had uh-huh. you know things in the they had little gremlin hangover things and they had the uh Gizmo in his little pink car and Ooh. it was so great i was taking pictures of everything so, <laughs> i just i i love those kinds of things and what's funny is uh this is it's i always forget like everybody acts so strange when I go, Hey, I haven't seen, I, I just watched gremlins for the first time and everybody's like, what? And it's also like two weeks ago, I watched jaws for the first time and everybody's like, what? And they're just things that like, <laughs> I guess I've taken for granted that I love like tangentially. I love, but they're always there. They're just things that exist in such a way in pop culture. Like you can't look around and not see gizmo somewhere. Like, oh, not yeah. No. And like, even if you haven't seen the movie, you know, the don't get them wet and don't feed them after midnight. Like, it's just a thing that it's, it's an example of like when a property is so pervasive that it, it kind of, I keep wanting to say drip, but seeps yeah. into all yeah. the pop culture. It's like, even if you've never seen Star Wars or Star Trek, you know, may the force be with you and live long and prosper. They're yeah. just like a thing, you yeah. know, if you become part of the zeitgeist, part of the culture. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. there. Yeah. But I do love that gremlins is getting, I don't want to say a revival because it's never gone anywhere, but it's like a nice resurgence of love for it. And I mean, we're getting an animated feature. We're getting an animated series on HBO about the secrets of the Mogwai. Yes. And we're getting a third movie with, uh, I believe both original. I know it's at least the boys coming back. I'm hoping Phoebe Cates comes back because I just want Phoebe Cates to come out of, of retirement, which this will come up just as a behind the magic. We're film, we're recording this months before it's actually going to release. So who knows what's going to, what, yes. what's there actually may, there going may be to brand new news that people are like, uh, how'd you Abs- forget that? Absolutely. It's, I, I, I just haven't announced some things yet for everybody about some life changes. So we are uh, doing what the podcasters do, which is uh, bank as much as I can. So uh, yeah, it's just, I'm so glad we're covering this today. Um, I work at Universal. And so a lot of, uh, we have Gizmo often just kind of around because Amblin and Universal are related to each other. Um, And Amblin, Steven Spielberg's company did release this movie, both of these. And um, uh, this year on the prospectus maps for Halloween Horror Nights, there keeps popping up that a gremlin's house has been like rumored. And I keep oh, going, that is a brilliant idea, especially if it's, I actually think gremlins too is better for kind of like a, a, a low scare, high camp haunted house uh-huh. versus, you know, cause like we had Beetlejuice last year, we had Ghostbusters two years before that. There's just these kind of like zero, you're going to get a little spooked from a jump scare, but it's like Lydia popping out. So you're not going to do. 
Clam Cable Company and go from like show to show. Exactly. Well, I just thought it would be, it's honestly a great idea because think about even, I'm sure we'll get into it, the change in audio animatronics and puppetry from 84 to 90, Mm -hmm. or I guess 83 to 89. But like the ability, because like Disney dominates audio animatronic use. Like what they do is just so beautiful. And Universal, we're getting there. The the stuff on Hagrid's is so good. The Raptors are so good in 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 um Velocicoaster. But it, I I keep loving that idea. I was like, give me a really fun house with puppets, and it's like you don't actually see the gremlins until like the end. Yeah. You just kind of allude that they're there. You see the shadows. There's a way to build up that laughter. Exactly. Yeah. And just and you'll just see Gizmo's little ears or a He's a simple audio animatronic, honestly. If you can do a baby Groot, you can do a thing. And so I just, it's one of those things that now that I've seen them, I just kind of have this super fervor for anything Gremlins that we could get. I love the idea. Um, So let's just jump in. We're going to start with Gremlins 1. Okay. And then we're going to go to Gremlins 2 and kind of talk. Now, so something for me, watching Gremlins 1, because I've had this kind of exploration of horror in the last two years and kind of really taking on the love of horror. And Gremlins, to me, exist on the edge of that. Like, it is labeled like like family horror, like accessible horror. Um, horror comedy. It's a horror vibe. comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a spooky monster. It's like a monster of the week kind of feel, but yeah. camp. Uh, well, I think the first movie is unintentionally camp because uh-huh. they didn't lean into it. And then the second one, they get it. So this first one, I'm going to start off by saying, I didn't realize how violent it was going to be. And yeah. that's not in a bad way, but like the, when, um, when his mom, kills them in the kitchen i was like it's a whole sequence holy but like i'm sitting there going yeah but it's (laughs) you know because they're also just these like we all see gizmo and we're like oh you know gizmo suffering to give these little little triple pods birth but like okay and then you're like oh so it's like gizmo the only good mogwai like i'm a little confused and they never really answer that so hopefully they will answer that in the series i do have i do have a little bit of a thing about that tell tell me tell me yes um there i believe there was either a book or something written i think there's a novelization of the movies and in there they say that they were uh, a science experiment on an alien planet and they were intended to be cute and fluffy but only one in like ten thousand was ever stayed that way because they're they're so unstable so almost all of them have the unstable quality but one in ten thousand or something they said and that's the the dynamic (laughs) so that so that just kind of furthers to me that all queer people we are aliens we are not human (laughs) because we're all all really cute and amazing but all just a little unstable uh just don't come Mm -hmm. for me it's supposed to be funny um well that is so interesting to know and actually kind of makes sense because in gremlins 2 we get a couple that are like they're not bad they're just chaotic Mm -hmm. like so you know and they're the goofier ones um but yeah gremlins one so we've got uh an inventor who uh is friends with a uh ch- chinese uh uh medicine man kind of well really he just kind of goes to a shop he's like tell me yeah, i need a, a christmas shop. present i need a yeah. christmas present this is like the cd part let's see where can i go and find a yeah. secret and yeah and this is the caveat i will say is like this is clearly a 1980s film thank god it's actually an asian actor playing an asian role because it could be it, this this part of it could go south really quick uh but like yeah and so he sees gizmo in the cute little cage and he takes gizmo to be uh his son's christmas present and he's Mm -hmm. cute and he's adorable he sings he has this little whistle sing it's very (laughs) cute and then you know in much in like most 
teen style movies uh chaos ensues we accidentally get the mogwai wet which you're not supposed to do and you're not supposed to feed them after midnight and we see very quickly so they're this weird and no bright light bright light bright light bright light oh and no bright light it hurts gizmo Mm -hmm. uh and i also love the deep cut that howie mandel is the voice i know i know it's well also because then i just think of like bobby bobby's world, world. i know i was and, just thinking because yeah. you get and, a lot of bobby's world in gizmo yeah you do you do and that's you know it actually made me revisit some bobby's world episodes that are on youtube just you know it's also when harry mandel because this is like when he did a uh, little monsters like he's this he's actually a really great character actor like all these little things like he does the voices yeah. and things uh but yeah so chaos ensues and they get the mogwai they feed the mogwai after midnight unintentionally and they were they that's because they bit off the clock and he didn't know very Uh very mischievous Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. insidious very mischievous uh and so yeah so they kind of start hunting people down in a very chaotically fun ooh ooh way but yeah then a lot of like violence and chaos ensues but it's ones that like it's just enough that it goes right up to that line of like pure gore uh but because it's like black and green and things it's not you know it's still it's that idea that like mm-hmm. oh humans we're not seeing you know mutilization of humans it's mutilization of little monsters it's muddy um, yeah yeah and so how did how did look look kid kevin take take all this like as a like as a small child kind of seeing these things <laughs> um i definitely had a bit of a, a fright with them I, I i never got scared i know some of my classmates some kids in my you know that i have seen in, in my past who are very scared of them they're like i don't like them like even if a picture of gizmo they're like no i don't like it so i was never that scared about it because i guess to me it, it wasn't as horrific like a ghost yeah. the movie ghost scared me because of spirituals and stuff i was always scared of that and the dark things mm-hmm. but this i was just like oh i was just more enthralled like i was like i knew there was a, a sense of danger and that was exciting mm-hmm. to me um, but I guess because they were creatures and because I knew where they came from, I, cause even, the, even though they were gremlins and scary, they were still cute to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? there, I mean, there's still something adorable and charming about them. And yeah. Like, you know, yum, like, yum. You know? <laughs> <laughs> aren't we, aren't we all gremlins at some point in yeah. time? It's yeah. like, it, it's truly one of those things, but it, you know, it's a really fun movie and i guess watching it now i'm watching it through the eyes of it is now a cult classic that is pure camp like is seen as camp mm-hmm. but what's really funny is the movie is funny it exists in this like oh no this is ridiculous with moments of like kind of high violence high high um gore but you know it's everybody's embraced the humor of it and why it's funny, but it's very funny to know that they weren't intending it to be funny or comedic to begin right. with. They were very serious with this movie. Yeah. And you know, and it, you know, it got kind of panned like the critics panned it. People liked it, but like, Oh, this is also that time where the critics hated everything. Like they even hated Grace Mountain, Grey Mouse Detective, which is a great movie. I know. Um, but you know, this is a weird time where like, return from oz is coming out at this time 1985 and, yeah and, and black cauldron and like you know there's just also this time where like film is changing it's because we're getting the like popcorn cruncher movies of the 80s and you know this is also when like just they're making more films than ever there are just so many movies being made of all different budget types and this is one where 
you could look at as a low budget film, but like they did a lot with what they had. Like some of the most impactful moments to me um, didn't actually require a ton of like the pool bubbling when they fall into the pool and it's like the green lights and just everything. Like that's a really awesome, impactful scene that didn't actually require any of no. them. And they keep them, you know, it's, it's very smart. Like we don't see the gremlins completely after they've transformed from their mogwai into the kind of gremlin form the whole they, mom transition the whole mom yeah. fight is where we start to see them and i love that too because it shows you that a mom can be tough like she's holding her own well and she's a really great character too because they did something great with the dads in this though the parents in this movie uh his specifically where like you know we get the hapless dad who is he's an inventor as his career which is like uh okay whatever <laughs> there's nothing more than a 1980s thing than that yeah. but like he just wants to care about his family and he just wants to make things that make people's lives better, which is really great. And then his mom is just, she's hardworking. She, you can tell she's tired, but she's like giving it all for her family, which is again, kind of that flip side where they give her her own agency. She does get to like, uh, win at the end of the day. And like, I was really glad they didn't because there was a moment where they could have killed her and they didn't. And I'm glad they didn't like, yeah. that was a really, you know, it's a shame that like the people who do die in the movie die, except the one. Well, Mrs. I guess. The, yeah. Oh yeah. And she, I mean, she, prolific actress, like huge. <laughs> That's the thing with that first movie is they did get a lot of actors who were either up and comers or had been in Hollywood for a long mm -hmm. time. And I guess weren't getting much work. I mean, if Phoebe Cates is so charming in that movie, uh, like it's just, it's, Maybe I enjoyed it more because I was able to look at it through the lens of what history says 40 years later about the movie. Um, can you, oh my God, it's almost the 40th anniversary of that first movie. That's a little crazy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> and we just had the 30th anniversary of the second movie two years ago. So like, it's one of those long enough to go, but like the technology, even in the first movie with the puppets and you could tell where they used audio animatronics was great. So beautiful. So much personality, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it's the, the nice thing was, I feel like if it had come out two or three years later, they would have tried to use the earliest of computer graphics and it wouldn't have done great. Um, but like they kind of leaned into it. Everything is practical. Uh, I love that kind of small hometown setting for this kind of movie. And it's just, it's really fun. It's really charming. I do see how people could be scared because when I posted on Facebook about it, a lot of people were like, oh my God, I'm still afraid of that movie today. I haven't bothered revisiting it. I was yeah. like, maybe revisit it. I think as an adult, you can really kind of pick that apart and really mm -hmm. enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And maybe I didn't pay attention to the whole story of it when I was a kid as much, or because I can't remember the first time I actually saw it. I just remember it always being there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I never scared me the way the other things do. So I, I must have just been all about the creatures. <laughs> well, and there is something still really charming about, because like as a kid who doesn't kind of want to go in and trash and lay chaos in your school yeah. or, you know, or, or those kinds of things. Do you know the lore of gremlins? I mean, outside of this movie, uh, a little, but if you would like to fill everyone in, I would sure. be more than welcome for that. Yeah. So it started off as like kind of uh during the war and they would say that, and they even, um, Mr. F Federman, Federman mm -hmm. talks about how he's like, yeah, they would, uh, totally tear apart the planes and their spies and you know so he's like the scrimlins and that's actually what, what part of the original lore was but in dungeons and dragons lore and like those kind of things they say that 
gremlins taught humanity about technology and the humans were so ungrateful and they took it all as, as their credit and they never gave credit to the gremlins. And so that's why gremlins are so mad and they try to attack technology and, and mess it up for the humans because they never were had that. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. (laughs) That's so good. Uh, Well, and then that totally makes sense. Well, I mean, we always, you know, in theater, everybody goes, Oh, the gremlins, the gremlins are getting it. It's fine. The, 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 you know, the part of like, uh, I was always told that like the ghost light gets left out for the theater gremlins. And then I found out about ghosts later. Now I have a whole podcast about it. Uh, But yeah, no, that's so funny. And it, Oh my God, they, totally makes sense well in D hitting its popularity about the time that this movie comes out that makes a ton of mm-hmm. sense i love i love that and if you look is... at the movies too you can totally analyze it to the fact mm-hmm. that they are they are attacking the modern advances the technology yeah. of the times so a gremlins movie today would be especially exciting under that guise you know well i think we'll have a little bit to talk about them uh-huh. near the end uh-huh. <laughs> well and it is funny then that gizmo loves technology and he loves he loves television uh-huh. he loves rambo he loves his little car <laughs> i love him so much yeah um, and you know it's you know it trashes in the original the the first one it trashes through the city and there's only you know a handful of them uh you know uh well until they all get wet and then they're way more of them uh, <laughs> but you know it it gets handled i also love that they kind of let them be destroyed in this really kind of grotesque way and everything which kind of still lends to this like spooky monster of the week but it's all you know everything's good and right in the end and so it's really enjoyable and i do love the mr futterman character he's great and you know it honestly is a way because it's really easy to like make fun of that kind of character i think especially because like in recent years they're the kind you know they're a very specific group of people uh you know that uh, sometimes the vets fall into but you know it's they really give his character this fun arc they don't make anybody in this town one-dimensional but then also not give them growth which you know looking into the script and things but like it's really enjoyable to see that and that nothing is quite as it seems in the movie and that's just really really fun for me yeah yeah i, I also love when elliot's dad is it, it's not elliot is it elliot but billy daniel daniel billy. billy oh my god all these little bye billy bye <laughs> billy um no elliot is et uh yeah. billy when his, <laughs> when his dad calls from the convention and it's just all these ridiculous science fiction things around him it's so stupid and the I time machine it. oh like it's just it's so it's so doc like classic doctor who about it like it's just so fun uh but yeah it's and i honestly don't have many bad things to say about the movie i wouldn't necessarily change anything they did only because we also have gremlins 2 to talk about Mm -hmm. if no gremlins 2 existed and like the creator still stood on this idea that it's supposed to be this serious monster movie i'd be like y'all need to get over yourselves (laughs) but i think also now having the lens of gremlins 2 to talk about gremlins 1 i think it's very charming i think everyone should absolutely go watch it um you know, it takes place right on Christmas. Add that to your Christmas movie list, along with exactly. Die, Die Hard and other mm-hmm. non-conventional exactly. Christmas movies. Uh, I, I would argue that also there are ways that like the Jim Carrey Grinch is far more horrific than anything that <laughs> happens in this movie. Even though I do love that movie. I absolutely love that movie. Although I love, I, this is so, you know, Phoebe Kate's monologue about her dad. Yes. <laughs> um, 
it's I and that is I think it's almost like a satire too on just like the movies of the time. Yep. It's like oh, <laughs> and it's, it's this horrible sad thing, but the way it's delivered is funny. <laughs> like, and, and she's this girl that's like barely eighteen working in a bar. Like it's just it's so it's so fun and interesting, and like she's painfully serious, mm-hmm. which is something that they do carry into Gremlins too, which yes. also just works really well. Yeah. Um, and there's just you know. This movie appears to be self-aware in places that I know it actually wasn't. I, again, I think that's the having 40 years to look at this film now and go, oh yeah, no, it's great. We, it's <laughs> it's all great. Everything about it is great. Because like even the places where the script could feel heavy-handed, it isn't terribly heavy-handed. Everybody gets some growth, even the people that die. You know, it's, you know, there's a cute dog, there's a car that doesn't work, you know, it's a cute boy, like all these things that just, it just makes it so enjoyable. And, and yeah. one that I continually like, I want to keep revisiting this film. It is a really rewatchable film. Oh, yes. Did you know that that town that they shot is actually the same one that was in Back to the Future? I did know that. Yes, yes I did. Yeah. Well, because Amblin and Universal yeah. and all these things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, again, also why I'm like, why don't we have something more permanent with Gremlins at Universal? Come on, Universal. Get with it. Get <laughs> yes. with it. Get rid of that Simpson stuff. Bring me a Gremlins area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and no, go ahead. I'm like, it's great that a lot of these gremlins too have so much personality. As you see them in the bar, you see it in the movies. Mm-hmm. You're like, you get to really get spend time with these guys too. It just kind of makes you care for them in a strange way. Absolutely, and they really still make sure that each of them, even if it's like a singular personality trait, they have them embody that the whole way through. Yeah, which I really do enjoy. And you know, because there are sometimes that like we all root for a villain now and then, and we're not rooting for Stripe or like Mohawk in the second one, but we still like you like them because they're fun even though they're really dangerous it's the same reason why even when loki was super evil in marvel you still Mm -hmm. love loki or you still love like glory or the the master and or the mayor in buffy they're just things that you love some villains because they are sometimes so much more one dimensional they're three-dimensional in a way that they don't make every other character and so it's they're really fun they're still again cute in their own way they're fun uh and it's just it's a it's a great version of our reality to exist in i like to think that this version of our world is the same version that little shop of horrors takes place in yes like I, they agree. You know, yeah like a monster of the week version of our world where like nothing's <laughs> nothing's too crazy but like every now and then crazy monsters show up and it's like cool that's fine i like you know what we, i would rather know who the crazy monsters are than not know and like in the world we live in you don't really get to know who the crazy monsters are till it's too late so i kind of loved to know where the crazy monsters are. <laughs> this is a version of the world where Mothman is mm-hmm. a protector of the people. So, you know, I again, I don't really have anything bad no. to say about Grimoire. Corey Feldman is in this movie. He is. <laughs> he absolutely, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, again, there are a lot of these people who like oh my god they're in this movie really and it's because they were like on the they were either on the dying end of their career or they were on the just a starting point of their career and so it is though watching this movie kind of makes me bummed that we don't see phoebe kate's playing everybody's mom right now like you know it's one of those things because like yeah it's we're in a world where like molly ringwald is arguably a, a better actress in her 
forties and fifties than she was uh, in her twenties. <laughs> yeah. Not that she was bad, but you know, when you're a teen actor, you know, you don't have the life experience to bring back into it. So I'm, you know, I also respect anybody who never wants to be in Hollywood again, but I am hoping that, uh, the new the newfound resurgence of gremlins can bring phoebe cates out of retirement a little bit are you a fan of the original charmed tv series did you know that there are also novels comic books and more come join me kevin at words of the witches a charmed podcast every episode we dive into a new charmed story book by book issue by issue as we highlight the show and its expanded universe Subscribe to Words of the Witches on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I think it is time we transition to one of the greatest films ever made. I'm just going to say it. I am going to die on this hill now. And that's Gremlins 2. Now, it came out six years after the first one. And it was clear that they fully embraced the fan response and kind of the actual genre that the first Gremlins film held which is as a camp film like to mm-hmm. me it, it's the same as like Elvira it is it is that kind of the comedic campy side of horror uh that really the 80s does camp like no one else like it just you know there there are moments that are it, it's kind of like the masters of the universe movie where you've got franklin jella who is doing shakespeare skeletor <laughs> while you've got everybody else just kind of doing it but the two together so what are some things for you that just stand out about gremlins too i love the different types of gremlins we get yes the science experiments they're so creative so much fun and it's like the i have i have uh i don't do you remember when there's like that advent calendar that came out yeah of gremlins my friend actually designed that so he gave me all the toys that were in there <laughs> i love that yeah he because he works for um a toy company in, in la and uh so a lot of his company does that stuff but he I love they, that. they have little toys of the electric gremlin and they have like the brain gremlin and uh it's it's so great we have greta we love you know we stand Greta. I literally found myself going, is Greta a trans icon? Is, is Greta? I was like, I'm not going to put that on the trans community, but we love, I love, I'm yeah. obsessed with Greta. I have her Funko Pop. I have her Nika, Nika figure. Yes. So in Gremlins 2, uh, just to catch everyone up who hasn't seen it, we see Billy a few years later. Uh, he is working for Clamp, played by John Glover, who is very handsome in this movie. I went, yeah. I mean, also, I was like, this man is doing wonders with this film. But, you know, Clamp is this Trumpian, like 80s Trumpian style character when kind of Donald was like a a joke. But like, this guy's actually likable and isn't a bad dude. Um, And so, uh, you know, Billy's working there as an artist and it's just this kind of mega corporation who's trying to change the world. But none of the technology really works. And so everything is just and then for some reason, there is a testing facility of animals to figure out dna to like solve world hunger and, yeah. and cure and, diseases and, all and within things. the cable company <laughs> and they and they, there's also a cable company but they're also like a development company yeah like they it's do everything, everything. Yeah. it's very it's amazon pre-amazon like yes. very much so and and the original shop from the first movie is in the old man dies unfortunately and and they are seizing the area for a very culturally inappropriate new building again 
late 80s New York, it is it is a thing of its time. Uh, and so Gizmo ends up in the testing facility and Billy happens to find his way upstairs because he hears a very cute custodian whistling the, the Gizmo song and then he knows he's there. Um, mm-hmm. And then pure camp and hilarity ensues as uh, unintentionally Gizmo gets wet. We've got a whole bunch of new... Uh, Gremlin, uh, Mogwai, one of which um, is not Stripe, but he is Mohawk, very similar, just different coloring, uh, but much more evil, I like to think. Plus yeah. two very, plus two very Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Daffy, we have Daffy, yeah. we have George, we have Lenny. Yeah, uh, and so, and so <laughs> like, then, you know, as it happens, uh, they get wet, and we realize when a gremlin gets wet, that little beings just crawl straight out of their back. They're not little furry, and so they take over the building. Uh, and so uh, it is all. I mean, Christopher Lee is there as the scientist, yeah. which is great. I also love the the guy who's literally supposed to be like Elvira, but like a kind of a monster movie of the week kind of guy. Uh-huh. All these great characters coming together. Plus the doctor from Star Trek Voyager there is the second <laughs> command. Like it is a great. And so they're essentially trying to figure out how to stop the gremlins from getting out of clamp tower and totally laying waste to New York. Uh, Mr. Futterman happens to be in New York visiting Philly. And Mr. Futterman gets a really awesome, like claiming of his, PTSD and like these moments of being proven that he's not. And it's actually, it's a really advanced conversation now that I don't think anybody realized was a really advanced conversation. Now when he just goes, I knew I wasn't crazy. I wasn't Uh crazy. And his wife was like, I never thought you were crazy, but it's also like people being gaslit by doctors and physicians and things. And it's so it's something that I'm probably looking way more into, but it is such a great arc for his character. Yes. And they lead you to believe movie. that they died in the first movie, but and so the, yeah. the that they come back to like, Oh good. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was one of those that they were like, well, who do we bring back? I mean, it's a little weird to bring Billy's parents back because they, his dad wasn't around and then her mom or his mom just, you know, she, she beat them already, but I don't want to put that lady through that again. No. And so I think giving the Futterman's not making Mrs. Futterman go through anything, but giving Mr. Futterman that, agency and yeah. also just the all of the tech that was like just coming out in the 80s it was also like making fun of all of that but just leaning into the camp and also when they were like this is supposed to be healthy food are those low sugar peanut butter bites and i was like oh i forgot people think frozen yogurt is good for you it's not friends. but do i love it yes i do so there's mm-hmm. just there's so much good about this movie and again it's it's a rat. I just remember that. <laughs> it's also when you, they literally like the, the film melts away and you just see two of the gremlins making shadow puppets. And then you're inside of a movie theater where you're watching people watch gremlins too. And so it's just, <laughs> it is insane, but so good. And then you have the real Richard Malkin who is doing a review of Gremlins one on a review show. But so I think the whole story between that is he's actually friends with, with the writer director. And so he agreed to make amends by coming onto the movie and doing this like <laughs> bit. Uh-huh. And it's so funny. Cause there's just so many winks and nods to the audience that this is a movie. All of this is a movie. We and I heard you. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Gremlins one was so successful, more successful than they thought it would be. Yeah. And so marketable. So they're like, please make a second one. Please make a second one. And he didn't want to make one. He's like, no, I'm done. But then he's like, okay, I'll make it as long as I could do it, get to do what I want. And so 
this is what he got. And people got mad at him for this one too. They're like, this is what, not what I wanted, but too bad. <laughs> like, too bad because it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's absolute brilliant. The humor yeah. is top notch. I love just, um, is it Moira or Mona? Uh, the redhead. Is it the, 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 the uh, cook lady. No. Uh, oh, God. Oh, she's oh. so good. She's so no, good. Please the, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I forget her name. Yeah. But she's just the constant chain smoking. I know. Is so good. Uh, <laughs> Falling in love with Clamp in like that moment where he sees her for the first time. And, <laughs> and it's so, it's just, it's all so good. She becomes a press secretary. But also, Tony Randall is brain gremlin. Like, yeah. Epically, I mean, because honestly, it, we just it, want to be that, civilized. Yeah, <laughs> can, I, I will. I'm going to die on the hill. I made up a theory the other night that they that the guys that wrote, I mean, when they wrote Frasier for Kelsey Grammer, I'm sorry, it's literally the brain this gremlin. Guy, yeah, it's yeah. literally the brain gremlin. Like, the glasses, the timbre. It is literally brain gremlin is yeah. Fraser Crane. Like it is just, it's a thing. Uh, brain, brain gremlin actually didn't die. He done crystallized and rose from the ashes. Um, to sing and, in New York, New York to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the other night I like to always compare Like if I was putting together a film festival, movies that aren't necessarily connected, but I would put in the same, like, lot together like for me this movie has the exact same energy as muppets take manhattan yes like the two of them together they're just these chaotic forces come to new york and like even down to like the musical montage and greta and miss P- like it's all so similar but so good yeah like it's i mean who doesn't want a new york new york musical montage sung to you by it's 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 also the same as like the Muppets chickens doing smells like teen spirit in the early 2000s like it's just yeah it's so good they're taking their their high hope from the first movie and and yeah making it even bigger yeah and it's <laughs> it's really it's so good because also just as like you're you're a theater person you're a storyteller you're an arts person like you appreciate these things as well, but it, like, it's just the self-awareness that I think more pieces lack because it's just, it makes it that much more charming. And as a viewer, I am so relaxed knowing that I'm being taken mm-hmm. care of by the film writer, yes, the film you're director. With them, you know? I'm with them and I feel like I am ultimately getting the ultimate payoff. Like I'm bummed that I watched it on my like 28 inch television in my room and not in a movie theater. Like my goal is like, cause they do these all the time. I really want Gremlins 2 to be in the movie theater soon. So like I can go watch it in a movie theater mm-hmm. as part of like a, a, you know, Fathom event or something like I want to see it on a big screen. Now it's one of those movies that I just go, it's so big and it's so special and so important that I just, I really, I just, I need more of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, it's another one where, you know, getting rid of some of the things that were like very 80 specific, like the way people speak about other things, but like, as far as like problematicness goes, there's so little in this movie that I think a lot of it, we can just go, it's the eighties. We've got to let it go. And like, we just wouldn't make those mistakes again. Right. You know, but it's again, it just 
delivers and it is so smart, so pure, so good. Uh, and it's one that like, if my kids were like nine or 10, I would absolutely show them this movie. Of course. Like, yeah. you know, and it's, you know, it, it's because it still feels even though there's like violence and in, in things they did tone down the violence on humans. Like we don't actually mm-hmm. see like people being killed in this movie no. uh, in a way, but like, you know, it's, it's every, everyone who is involved in this, as the kids would say today, understood the assignment, every actor, like the twins that are the lab assistants are yeah. great. <laughs> like just every actor fully understands, like even the people with a couple lines, like it's just so good. And it's also exists perfectly in that version of New York that only took place in 1980s films. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 1980s New York though. Like I think of Oliver and company too. Like it's just, it's such a piece of time that just like feel good. <laughs> yeah. Big business the same way. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so much in, uh, you know, they're just all of those movies that just feel it's why so many people in the two thousands flocked to New York when it became a little affordable or they got older. They were kids who grew up seeing movies about New York. And yeah. so you finally got to go, you got to experience it. And so it's one of those that also there are little things that they were very smart where this wasn't when we were getting two and three sequels of movies. Like it was still a big thing, unless it was the star Wars or, you know, things like that. People, things weren't getting sequels. And so, or if they did, the sequel was really bad. It was like a straight to, to VHS mm-hmm. um, limited release where this, they left us with a couple things where they went, Maybe all the gremlins won't die. Because mm-hmm. it's also like, well, technically, Gargoyle Gremlin just hardened. Yeah. But like, he has that protective layer of cement, so he's not going to die in the sunlight. He could, then, he could be like chiseled out sometime, mm-hmm. you know? And then Greta in the she, bathroom she, with her lover. She did she did her, she did her musical moment as the muse and then dear. <laughs> Like I was a little, I was a little creeped out by that. And he just went, well, let's yeah. go with it. And I went, oh, kiss, God. kiss, kiss, kiss. I'm like, yeah. And, but the thing is, she's in the bathroom where there's a bunch more water. Uh huh. Absolutely. Well, and also Gizmo makes it out with Billy in this one. So like, busy Billy goes to you know Gizmo mm-hmm. goes to live with with Billy, and we assume that the Mogwai can live for a very long time if they're from their own race of a different planet for whatever you know. It's it's. Who knows? We can have them live as long as they need to, frankly, because it's, you know, a, a movie. But again, I, uh, I'm i like you. So I, in the first movie, they, you know, it was pretty limited. We didn't see a ton of gremlins at once until we got to the movie theater scene. And that was very practical because so many of them are practical puppets. Not many mm-hmm. of them were animatronics. Um, but again, it is gorgeous puppet work. Like anything, I will take a puppet over... A pro, uh, over a CGI like oh, yeah. um, Jurassic World Dominion came out and I thought the most effective puppets or dinosaurs in that were the ones who were the puppets they were the audio animatronics like having Blue be completely CGI just I kind of didn't care about her anymore because it right. just didn't feel yeah good having and real so, world things is always better something and physical and even those moments where you could tell like watching uh watching gizmo walk was clearly done on a green screen i loved it though 
oh, I kind of, I kind of always want to have the Mr. Krabs sound of Mr. Krabs walking under Gizmo, but he's, he's just so cute. And I think if I've learned anything about myself, give me something that's cute and little, and I am a sucker, like a mm-hmm. sucker for it. It's, I went nuts for Grogu. I love the little Stay Puft babies from the new, um, uh, from the, uh, oh, he's just, he's so cute. Little, little feats. The only thing that would be cuter is if he got toe beans, but I feel like in the next movie, he oh, yeah. will have toe beans. Yes. Uh, but, but yeah, I think it's just where, you know, and it was beautiful work in that first movie. And then in the second movie, the faces, you could tell they were playing with a lot of, it's a lot of the same technology that Henson used in the first Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, yeah. With the, the radio signal, like it's just, Gizmo's face is so much more emotive. There's so many of those scenes where we only see him from the waist up, so he's clearly a, a, a robot. Um, But like, it's so good. Like, and, and Brain Gremlin, it's just- The Spider Gremlin was pretty terrifying, but I loved it. Uh, yeah. So Kevin's talked about this quite a bit, but you know, they, I didn't know why we were getting a lab full of like (laughs) genetic, um, testing and things, but then it made sense that like all the gremlins start consuming all of the test things. So you've got one who becomes a bat and becomes gargoyle. And then you've got the one who literally becomes pure electricity. You get the spider guy that (laughs) does the cicada sound and actually, actually terrifying. Yeah. Hairs on your neck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we get Greta who, cause the whole time you're going, wait, where is she? And then it's not until we see a bottle that gets dropped that has the male, female signs combined. Uh, <laughs> that then suddenly we get this beautiful, long haired, voluptuous, um, <laughs> Greta female gremlin. And there's just so many that we get all these fun variations, which I think was really fun and really smart. They obviously understood merchandising mm-hmm. in a way that yes. like, the fact that the Funko line hasn't made more of them it really upsets me because they sold so well. I mean, I bought, even without seeing them, I bought Gizmo in his car, Gizmo with the 3D glasses and Greta. Like, I sure. just bought them. Um, you know, I love the vegetable gremlin. People forget about the vegetable gremlin. The little tomato boy. He's so fun. <laughs> and its ears uh, turn into let- to lettuce. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's so, so cute. Good. So good. <laughs> uh, it's like the horror version of the kitchen cabaret from Epcot. <laughs> yes. But also, we have a standout performance from the actress who plays Microwave Marge. Oh, yes. Oh, we love her. the entirety of the middle of the movie. Just she's so great. I love it. Yeah. And it's, it's, she's it's all the embodiment of things like they're making fun of that generation that was coming out of world war two, who were getting to their forties and fifties at that point. Um, you know, who are, you know, our grandparents age, uh, for those of us that saw, or those who have their grandparents still around, but yeah, it's just, it's parody while still being so genuine, Mm -hmm. but just the thought and care that went into it, they weren't just generalizing every gremlin because even when you see a room full of them, everyone looks really different. They all have quirks and traits that make them really unique, which is something, again, that really stands out for me. When you've got a lobby full of hundreds of thousands <laughs> of gremlins sitting there and then you kill them all and they all literally become goo and skeletons, it's it's just like... For me, it's up there with like the practical effects of American Werewolf in London. Yeah, the, like for sure. the transformation scene. It, they're just things that are so graphic and horrific, but also just so 
incredibly advanced and great. And so I just, ah, uh, I enjoyed the shit out of it. Like, it's just so, it's so enjoyable. I downloaded it on my HBO Max so that I have it to watch from now on because <laughs> it's just, and I bought the DVDs. Like, it's so enjoyable. And I think it's one of those, like, we can have nostalgia for things and still acknowledge like things that weren't really good quality. But this is an example that I think a lot of current filmmakers and storytellers who um, are trying to recapture the nostalgia of this era are missing. Yeah. Um, and it's things that like stranger things I think has leaned into every season. I haven't watched the most current season cause it's going to be two years. So I want to give it some time. Um, but I think a lot of times that when we're tapping into this era, they kind of focus on broad strokes and not small strokes and not also what made the stories of that time so good and welcoming. And it's things like this, or it's also in like dark crystal and labyrinth. The stories aren't stellar, but it's the visuals and the mm -hmm. practical effects are so good. And so like and I can just the performances, you know, the performances. And so also they really leaned in and got people who were all really capable performers. Um, and a moment in this that really stands out for me is they're like in the thick of trying to figure things out. And Phoebe Kate's character starts monologuing <laughs> I, again. I and they're all just kind of standing there looking <laughs> at each other. And the actor playing Billy actually like spikes to the camera and looks dead into the camera. And he just goes, sweetie, 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 we need to save this for another time. I'll, I'll listen another time. And she just has to go, oh, okay. okay. And it's so funny because again, it is just... Poking fun of itself. It's perfect. It's, yeah. Yeah. Anything that can go we see you we thank you and then we're going to give you this gift because really gremlins 2 feels like a gift for everybody that became a fan during gremlins 1. exactly and and it's it's just so good um and it's also a world we know so little about the mogwai we know so little about a lot of things and like why it's happening that it really again gives us a lot of like fodder to work for mm -hmm. which is incredible because as we oh maybe you know is there anything else that just kind of stands out for you that you just think is just so wonderful so unique about about gremlins 2 oh gosh uh <laughs> i mean there's a lot of i mean i love the new mogwais even we talked about mm -hmm. the puppetry of them but yeah. yeah they all have the personalities and the fact that they have make one that looks similar enough to gizmo <laughs> yeah. takes it home and he's like ah! <laughs> like <laughs> and his eyes roll in his spin head. around he's so kooky but he's like a like he's like a good boy uh uh yeah because he's not villainous he's just kind of no, crazy yeah. yeah he's just chaos he's just pure chaos and, and then I there's think... the one that's like like totally like dumbfounded like doesn't want to have anything very lethargic oh like... yeah <laughs> oh the one who is clearly liver lips lou from yes the bears. bears yeah oh. <laughs> Anytime we see him, his mouth's just open. He's just going, oh. And Mohawk's like, are you kidding me? Are you right. kidding me? I do also like that Mohawk was really scary. He was. And he stayed, because it's like, you need that antithesis for Gizmo. You need that opposite end of the spectrum. And the fact that, like, the moment he was born, he immediately was, like, looking for Gizmo. And I was like, do you just torture him? Parents? Yeah. Oh, I was like, is that just a thing with Mogwai that they just kill their parent? Like, is that just a thing? Or is it like, 
they can sense it. I don't know what it is, but like he's legitimately scary the whole time. And that's why when he, the moment you see the chrysalis in the second one, you're like, Oh God. Oh, he's going to be so awful. Oh God. But he's like delightfully awful. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also for anybody that's worked in a corporate structure. Like I know you do, like I have before that it is also such a parody on like, toxic workplaces yeah. and like the toxic positivity of like uh, a corporate leader that everyone worships. But I do like that clamp is redeemable at the end of the day. And he realizes that like, he's like, Oh crap. I've been working on so many things to better everything that I'm not really focusing on anything that's bettering things. And that's actually like, cause it's really easy to make him a villain or even make Christopher Lee's character a villain, uh, which he's the most villainous, I guess, of all the humans sure. in this, but like clamp, then working with Billy to figure out how they can save the day and just kind of showing this like erratic genius. It's the kind of person <laughs> we want Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk to be, but they never will be because they are the actual villain. So it's right. like, I love that he's so redeemable and that like, he's so great. And I really like him. And a lot of that is just John Glover bringing, you know, but that's also what he brought to um, Lionel Luther on Smallville. Like he, he ends up making a choice one way or the other as the character, but like you fully believe that he believes in the character and making the character real, which I just mm-hmm. really, really appreciate. Uh, and so it's just, I'm just going to tell everyone pause right here, go treat yourself, get some ice cream, <laughs> go watch gremlins and gremlins two on HBO max, <laughs> download them, go buy the DVDs. Oh, yes. uh, there's a, there's a lot of great merchandise on the shelves too right now. Like a litter. Oh, I love fl- like John Waters flasher, uh, gremlin. Yes. And they had that. That's the one they had at the pop-up bar. Yep. And yep, so great. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, target carries the Nika figure of him. I think it's him and Mohawk right now. They okay. have, um, uh, and, you know, there's always Greta things around, but there's lots of cute plush of Gizmo around right I now. I used to, you know, the the whole Rambo Gizmo thing. They, sh- I used to find those office supplies and end up making. <laughs> I t- I took the, the little uh, paper clip thing and I unfolded it. Then I put a rubber band in it. Then I got it myself a pencil. Like I need some white out, and I would just like recreate it because it was so much fun for me. I also really love. They do it a little in the first one, but they really do it in the second one where you see Gizmo claiming his strength. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've had like, enough. Yeah. Well, I can and do also it. realizing that like what makes them Mogwai also makes him Mogwai. Like, so it's one of those things that he leans into his strength the way that they inherently lean into their strength for evil. Sure. And like that Rambo moment is so good with the like, the tiny, the tiny Molotov, tiny Molotov cocktail on the bow and arrow in the Rambo headband. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but also when Clamp is like, have we merchandised this guy? We got to get rid of the headband. And he's like, no. And I'm just like, <laughs> I see you. I see you, John Favreau. Like, you know, it's just all these things that just make it such, such a good movie. I'm sure everybody's screaming right now about things that we haven't brought up, but it's it's a movie that I can't kind of wait to rewatch and find all of the little things that just continue to make this movie so good that are hidden. Cause again, there's so many great architectural details, like design details. This movies, these movies, the art departments are top to toe. So good. Mm-hmm. And so well, well thought out. Um, that's just absolute 
Cat surprise, super. <laughs> Chef's kiss. You know that middle section with the shadow puppets you were talking about? Um, there's two different versions of it. Did you know that? I did not know that. Tell us tell us about the other one. Because um, the one I have on my DVD, that's the one that has Hulk Hogan in it. Yes, that's the, that's the one that's on streaming as well. Okay, okay. On my VHS copy that I have, there's a whole thing where they actually explore like old movies and like gremlins take over like like john wayne movies and stuff like that and uh he's like he's and he's they have like a shootout and there's that whole sequence that they do not have on this dvd version i wonder if it has to be for distribution and like royalties rights for those old films that they could get in 89 but not now it might be just like the same with like great movie right at disney of like why it had to close was just they couldn't continue to keep getting rights sure companies now own people's catalogs and things so i wonder if that just might be the thing where that was something like hbo had to let go when they bought the rights um so, so I, I would i would see if they have it on youtube or something because yeah, it's I, my, I kept my vhs and it's on there you know and it said it was like exclusive to the vhs tape, i love so, that yeah let me maybe maybe that's something that they were able to release with the vhs but they couldn't release in theaters or something so mm-hmm. i would i'll have to dig around and look and see what yeah. the actual like theatrical release of that was uh but we are living in a world where the people have said more gremlins and home box office said, great, let's do it. <laughs> Amblin has like drudged its poor dead corpse out of, uh, uh, out of, you know, death thanks to universal. Cause Amblin released the new ghostbusters movie as well, which was incredible. And they have announced, we alluded to it a little bit earlier. We're getting an animated series called, uh, Oh, secrets of the Mogwai mm-hmm. where we learn about the, you know, gizmo before billy mm-hmm. the origins uh, of these these the origins yeah. which will be very cool i'm very excited i think it looks like it's going to be an all ages kind of all ages property which makes a ton of sense being animated um but that'll be really fun on hbo i believe it comes out next year mm-hmm. uh and then we've also are getting gremlins 3 also produced by amblin going to get major motion picture release I know the actor who played Billy is coming back. I'm praying Phoebe Cates will come back because that's really all you need. Yeah. I mean, virtually everybody else has passed away. Everybody else was, you know, because they were 20 years older than the other actors. Um, But I would, what would you love to see from a Gremlins literally 35 years later, 36 years later? Oh my gosh. I want to see, I want them to really dive into that technology, technology aspect and Mm -hmm. make it clear uh, because it's there, but if people, it's easy for people to miss, I think. And so mm-hmm. be, with this modern technology with in our modern world, I think they can have a lot of fun, a lot of commentary on the state of the status quo that we have right now. Uh, <laughs> much like the screams do, because the screams do the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and be like a way of, uh, and I, something, I mean, if they have it tied into their origins too, so you can kind of have that, mm-hmm. that dichotomy of this really old school, like very philo- philosophical kind of, roots to this new world would be kind of really neat i agree yeah i think the technology would be the starting point especially if it's you know because it's one of those things it's like do we get dropped into billy's life and he's got kids and gizmo's just part of life and it's just kind of a fun thing or you know i kind of would love to almost like billy be a a huge artist and things like kind of continue the art storyline but again very specific greta did not die at the end of the second Mm -hmm. film she was very much alive uh robert picardo who plays that actor i love him he's so good he's the doctor on star trek voyager i believe he's been in picard um as well but he's still alive bring his character back uh but i would just love to see some sort of things or i kind of love this idea of 
Greta running like a crime syndicate of Gremlins. <laughs> like, I think it's a great idea. This is the Grim- boss in her heels, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, maybe they found another way to like have a brain gremlin something or have incredibly, you know, because she's evolved, all of her spawn shall be evolved as well. Like sure. it's all of these things, um, you know, there's just so much and in this genre you can lean in so much i they have to have cassandra peterson in the film i just she has to be there elvira needs to be in this movie i think it's just if we could get some cameos of like uh, like late 80s early 90s things would be nice as well just kind of if we now have billy who's having a hard time Mm -hmm. dealing with like or connecting with his kids and those things and i you know there's a lot to do i just really hope it's the entire original team who's still alive or as many of them as are because i think that's going to be the only way that the story can succeed is because they get the material uh and you're not like just trying to replicate the material mm-hmm. someone think. has a reverence for it and yeah. can move it forward because well, sometimes fans who love it too, they love it too much and they aren't able to keep it going in that way so mm-hmm. i really i just hope that they can kind of do everything they need to to make it just right because yeah it's it's going to be so good if they do it right and i'm just glad that like we're at the point where people like because i've never seen a gremlins fan be toxic online i think it's just one of those that, like the fandom is just so pres- present without being toxic that like you know it's kind of like the daredevil fandom online like they've just been present they've been vocal but not in a gross way yeah so disney went great daredevil's awesome for us let's keep using him in the mcu and so you know it's i this is an example of like fandoms that I want to see get everything that they deserve, which is more gremlins movies. Cause no, maybe stop at three though. Like yeah. I don't like yeah. just the animated stop at three. We don't need more. Exactly. Um, it's nice when you can have something yeah. that's contained and, and then give us a trilogy. Like I think a trilogy is always a really nice set. Like it's just a good bookends yeah. for it. And it also gives, you know, more time for different things, but also anyone at universal, if you're listening, give me a gremlins attraction give me gremlins attraction <laughs> or shoot it at universal hollywood and leave it on the lot tour like you just did with nope uh but kevin thank you so much for coming on the show with oh, me of today. course i appreciate your time <laughs> happy holidays merry christmas because this is coming out at christmas time okay christmas uh, time Chris- yes. Kiss- Kiss- christmas we haven't even thought about it mariah carey is playing in the background somewhere threatening us with her aura do you hear what uh, i hear <laughs> <laughs> oh no i can't sing that too much or she, we're gonna have to pay her money yeah. uh so i know you have a ton of podcast projects you do conventions where can people find you on the internet sure uh yeah my main podcast is words of the witches that's a charmed podcast that covers all of the published material in the charmed universe so i'm finishing up the novels and doing the comic books now and we'll go on to the magazines and everything else uh, I am on another podcast about X-Men, the 90s X-Men show called Solving for X. Uh, that's a fun little recap episode. And we just kind of, it's very timely still today, which is great. Uh, funny about that. <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost like X-Men has always been political or something. I know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, or you can find, uh, this has ended, my other podcast that ended, it was Hanging with the Hollowells. It was kind of a sister show to another podcast that, is continuing so i cover season six through eight with somebody who's never seen the show and we're watching those episodes for the first time but yeah that's amazing well as (laughs) always thank you for being such a good friend of the pod and coming on with me today of course yes thank you this is great (laughs) have you ever seen something in a theater that you just couldn't explain or have you ever thought about if dying really ain't that bad 
And do you spend sleepless nights wondering exactly what happened to Natalie Wood that night on the boat? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then it's time for you to exit stage death. Exit Stage Death is the chilling true stories behind your favorite Broadway shows. Releasing bi-weekly on Tuesday starting May 24th. So if you want to find out which Broadway house is the most haunted. Talk about what killed our favorite Broadway flops. And learn about the murderous path of Mama Rose that took Gypsy Rose Lee to stardom. It's time for Places, actors. Thank, Thank you, you places. places. It's time to exit stage death. Don't worry, listeners. No need to adjust your dial. This is Landline Radio. Welcome to the end of the dial at the end of the world. I'm the host, and we bring you stories too chilling and strange to be true, right from the heart of towns where the lines between this world and the next connect. Stories from people just like you. For those long, dark, lonely nights driving down roads that never seem to end. We'll be here. And don't worry if you can't find us. We'll find you. Leyline Radio is from Dreamer Productions and can be found monthly exclusively starting in October on their Patreon feed. Follow the link in the show notes below to hear and enjoy. Saturday Morning Confidential is brought to you by Dreamer Productions and is a proud member of the Certain POV Podcast Network. You can find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Confidential, on Instagram at SMC Pod, and on Twitter at The SMC Podcast. You can find all the shows that Certain POV has to offer at CertainPOV.com or also on Patreon at Dreamer Productions, where your donation of only $2 a month keeps constant programming coming in and supporting our new shows as we go throughout 2022. Now join us again next time for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.